Greetings and salutations, one and all. You're invited to tune in to the Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew. It airs on Mondays with Community and Finance, Tuesdays with Healthy Love, and Wednesdays with Real Talk from 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern Time. Come spend some time interacting in the stew pot where we keep things bubbling and wind down in musical therapy. The Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew is on kevinstew.com where you're encouraged to have acceptance through enlightenment. Invite uh, once again, um, just to get this out of the way to let you know, seven seven three seven eight nine Stu is the number to call, number to text to get you in touch, for to speak live and to share your views. You can call, you can text, you can WhatsApp, you can Telegram. All of those mediums available. Uh, just use it up. Don't even don't even be shy. Don't don't be afraid. You don't have anything to worry about. Alright, so call a friend, tell a friend, share with everybody, everybody that you can share with. Just let them know the night shift is on, 773-789-STU gets you in touch. And tonight, now we can get into, into the business of it. No, that's not it. <laughs> tonight we're looking at food and depression. And it's it's... When you talk about food, you don't, and, and well, food and depression, typically you're thinking, I know, I am thinking about comfort food and things that you would have when you're depressed. But how many of us have actually stopped to think that some of the things that we might be consuming would be the cause of our depression. Have you ever uh, taken that into consideration? In the United States, major depressive disorder is one of the most common mental health conditions among people aged 15 to 44. Depression is also one of the leading causes of disability worldwide. And one out of five people one out of every five people with depression will attempt suicide. Depression is a treatable condition, but it is not always easy to recognize and to address. There are more than 50 symptoms of depression, and everyone will manifest these symptoms differently. Furthermore, these symptoms can sometimes contradict themselves. For example, some individuals with depression will have trouble sleeping, while others will sleep too much. Depression can also cause one person to gain weight rapidly and the next to lose it. So there isn't a hard and fast way to diagnose depression. The complex nature of depression symptoms also extends to the disorders, cases, causes, and triggers. Now, according to... Uh, Pulse TMS, which is where I'm pulling this bit of information from. PulseTMS.com. Genetics also could play a part. There are genetics that influences depression and they are seen in clusters. So where a person who is at risk will possess a combination of genes known to affect the appearance of depression symptoms. But the risk factors for depression actually don't start and stop with genetics. 
a range of temperamental traits and environmental factors can influence the manifestation of depression symptoms. Environmental problems can trigger depression in, in someone with a genetic predisposition for the disorder. But even those who don't have a genetic or don't have genetic risk factors for depression can develop symptoms due to environmental factors. So when, when, when we talk about environmental factors now, we're talking about things like hurricanes, earthquakes, volcanoes, so your natural disasters come into play. But then you also have what the world is witnessing right now in the form of COVID-19. And so you're talking about environmental factors triggering depression. This is one of them because not the, 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 the virus itself, but what we've had to do as a result of the virus that can cause depression. So before we go any further, let's, let's define depression somewhat. Depression is a common and severe illness that impacts the way it impacts the way the person a, a, a person may feel it impacts the way a person may think and behave it is defined as a loss of vitality and it causes a massive decrease in a person's ability to enjoy life people with depression will exhibit symptoms of low self-worth guilt and pervasive sadness for someone with depression Sadness can manifest as anger and irrit irritability. So those people that you, you, you driving along and they just look angry. They have that road rage. Well, you might want to chill if you're not experiencing what they're experiencing. If you don't know where they're coming from with their experience, just relax because they just may be depressed. It's a misconception that depression begins and ends with a person's feelings. The symptoms of depression can extend to the way a person physically feels. One sign of depression is unexplained aches and pains with no discernible cause. People with depression also have a high risk of experiencing other serious physical health issues, including cardiovascular disease, arthritis, high blood pressure, some studies on, on, on depressed patients have even uncovered that depression causes issues with a person's immune response to vaccines. Now, unfortunately, depression is a pervasive, all-encompassing chronic condition that can impact all facets of a person's life and ability to function. Now, again, we look at it, we're not going to get too deep into it, but consider this. One of the things that is, is also very prevalent in our news and social media is this COVID-19 vaccine. Having gone through a period where we have had to isolate, so again, environmental conditions triggering um causing the 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 setting up of quarantining and in this quarantining <clears throat> excuse me during this quarantine period people have lost touch with each other 
and it has affected some more severely than it has affected others. So, hey, Marva. So you 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 can relate to the whole depression and 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 food thing, Marva. When you say you've been there, you mean you've been depressed, or depressed with 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 an ailment causing your depression, or your depression causing an ailment. Which which I've been there was that. Again, numbers to call, numbers to text to get you in touch. 773-789-STEW. 773-789-7839. Now, in general... Uh, okay, so before I get on to that. So, people have had immune responses to vaccine triggered because of depression. So, here we are. We have isolated we have we have gone into quarantining and end up separating and somewhat segregating from each other and it some people have been depressed because of it and then they went on to get the vaccine because they saw it as a hope to get out and socialize once more only to be told well you know don't 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 be too hasty in going to hang out with people because you still may contract the virus. So they end up depressed again. So they could go in and get the vaccine while they were depressed and end up having an immune response. They could have gotten a vaccine, been given this information, and then end up depressed again and have an immune response. So not all of these immune responses are just because of the vaccine by themselves. However, they're contributing factors. The The vaccine is a contributing factor to some of the ailments, um, some other condition maybe, a contributing factor to what happens after the vaccine. We don't know. But going back to the information here. Um, okay, so Marva says, I've been severely depressed. Illness leading to depression and depression leading to illness. So it becomes cyclical. And And this is... Alright, this is where I end up getting considered to be a conspiracy theorist. Because if this information is out there and I can find it, remember now, I am DJ Kevin Stew, not DR Kevin Stew. So if I can go ahead and retrieve this information, that means that there are people out there that have just a little bit more sense than me that have certain letters before and after their names that have this information already. And some of these people have leaders of governments here. So, could it possibly be that more is known about what is happening than we are being told? Because... This, again, this is not hidden information. So if you're led to think along these lines, don't think that there's something wrong with you. Alright? Just know that your brain is doing what it was designed to do. Think. Among other things, of course. But you're given a mind to think. So let's, let's think. Let's reason things out. Let's ask those questions. In general, depression is caused by an imbalance in brain chemistry. And this is where people talk about your, your chemicals in your brain being off. 
listen. Let's let's clear up one little thing before we move any further. Brain chemistry is different from chemicals in your brain being off. Chemistry here is being referred to the way things work together. You know, you and I have good chemistry, so we get along well. Same way, there's, there's, there's no science in it. Hey, Julie, how you doing? So, depression is caused by an imbalance in brain chemistry. That means things are not quite going well in the brain. Important neurotransmitters such as dopamine and serotonin may not be produced in enough abundance in the human brain. Depression can be treated as a pharmacological level, on a pharmacological level, where medications are introduced and these drugs can help to restore the current levels of neurotransmitters in the brain. Also, people with depression will have pervasive negative thoughts that can either trigger symptoms or worsen the symptoms of depression. Talk therapy aims to address the negative and harmful thinking patterns in, in, in patients. Overall, a combination of medications and therapies is the first line of treatment for the disorder, but it is possible to prevent depression in at-risk individuals. Now, when it comes to me personally and drugs, I tend to want to move towards the drugs as a last resort. But that's just me personally. You might want to choose drugs as a first response and then work on every, anything else after because that, that, that drug may be exactly what you need to get you away from that edge. That edge where it, 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 it only takes, I don't know, um, something like the air conditioning chipping in to, to push you over. Yeah, something as, as, as what would be considered as simple as that. So, in considering these things, who then would be most at risk for depression? Considering that depression doesn't discriminate, anyone can actually manifest the symptoms of the disorder at any time. However, certain groups are at higher risk of depression than others. For example, women are typically diagnosed with the disorder at higher numbers than men are. And there are several reasons why this is the case. For one, certain sub subtypes of clinical depression are unique to women, such as postpartum and perinatal depression. Well, if 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 a man were to experience these things, then that you know that would cause for concern. Not to say that is impossible, since men have phantom pregnancies too. So why can't they suffer through postpartum and and, and perinatal depression? I guess because of the what how those those conditions actually come about <laughs> and what happens in them. Then you have PMDD. Well, um, 
is PMDD is a depression disorder that can only impact women and has its roots in the complex array of hormonal fluctuations women must go through during their reproductive years. Some environmental stressors that typically affect women more frequently than men can also explain the higher rates of disorder among the females. Um, yeah, going back to the men suffering from, from postpartum and perinatal de- depression. Again, this is my opinion. So, because the, the, the whole phantom pregnancy thing wasn't considered in this, because I, I know a man that he told me the story once of his wife being pregnant. And she had a wonderful pregnancy. But he had morning sickness. He had labor cramps. She was in one bed when they went to the hospital for a to have the baby. She was in one bed. He was in another. He had labor pains. So if a man can go through these symptoms and have what is called a phantom pregnancy, why can't men go through these depressive um, conditions similar to women or is it that they do go through it but it is, it is not recorded and it is not considered to be these conditions because they're not the ones bearing the children now again this phantom pregnancy could very well well not could has to very well be psychological because physically this is not happening to a man so, based on the connection that this man will have with this woman, I'm, I'm, I'm of the opinion that this triggers something psychologically in this man. So, it's, it's, it's empathic reaction on steroids. That is how I reason it out. But then again, I'm just a DJ, not a DR. People with genetic risk factors for depression also have a higher risk of experiencing the disorder than the general population. Having a sibling or a parent with the disease increases the risk of someone becoming depressed. Also, the type of depression a close relative has dealt with can increase risk factors in families also. For example, a parent who had depression as a teen or a young adult or who have experienced recurrent episodes of depression increases the risk for their children just and and you don't ha- it doesn't have to happen during pregnancy it can happen way after experiencing childhood trauma or abuse and assault as an adult can increase someone's risk of getting depression Other mental health conditions that are triggered by trauma, such as PTSD and CPTSD and anxiety, can often trigger a depression episode. Prolonged stress and grief are also risk factors for depression. Now, while depression is known to increase someone's risk of developing a chronic physical health issue, people with chronic physical ailments are at higher risk of being, being de- becoming depressed also. Here we go with that cyclical event happening. Hey, cuz, how you doing? People with neurodegenerative diseases 
cancer, chronic pain, and diabetes are at higher risk of becoming depressed than the general population. Well, I would go as far as to say than those who have not been diagnosed with any of these conditions. Lifestyle factors can influence depression rates as well, such as the lack of exercise and proper nutrition, workaholism, poor sleep habits, drug and alcohol abuse. All these factors play a role in the possibility of depression. Now, when you're looking at lack of exercise and poor nutrition and workaholism, you would think, well, once you have these going on, typically it comes with bad sleeping habits and the introduction of drugs and alcohol abuse would, would kind of goes hand in hand with some of these happening. So people cope or think that they cope. This now leads to depression. And then depression can also fuel these things. Again, here we go with the cycle. It's a song that never ends. So, someone who doesn't exercise a lot and, and doesn't have good nutrition, and then this is caused by working a lot. Because now you have bills to pay. And one job can't pay all the bills. So now you need a third job. Yeah, you notice I skipped the second one because two is barely cutting it. So you know you need a third. So now you have three jobs. In order to get through these three jobs, to make the money that you need to make, you end up having bad sleeping habits. So now you get, you're not getting enough sleep. In order to stay awake, now you need to introduce drugs. Now, the drugs pick you up. But later on, when you get that five minutes where you could actually get some rest, now you need something to bring you down. So you, you turn to alcohol. And so you need alcohol to bring you down so you can get some rest. But then it, the cycle starts over because you need to get to work. So you, you still don't get enough sleep. You have to go back to work, take some drugs in order to get you going. And then you get off that job and you're stressed out and you need to, to come down and get off the stress and, and to reduce the stress. So now you turn to the alcohol and you see how people end up in these conditions. Certain inherent personality traits are also associated with an increased risk of the disorder. Stress can make anyone upset. But people who are prone to catastrophizing and becoming extremely upset when they are under stress are, set, are at higher risk of becoming depressed. People who are prone to perfectionism, self-criticism and negativity are more likely to develop depression than others. One of the symptoms of depression is pervasive, uncontrollable thoughts of low self-worth, guilt, a sense of hopelessness. And people who are naturally inclined to view themselves critically or have trouble with optimism, they run the risk of becoming depressed. So, when you look at all of these things, 
what role then does the envi- environment really play in depression? It's not entirely clear how different factors like genetics, temperament, the environment, how these things influence the risk profile for depression. But environmental causes are thought to have some influence on whether or not someone will contract the disease. Non-chemical environmental risk factors. Things such as stress. Um, I do apologize. Things such as stress and also environmental pollutants can harm the human body and brain and cause someone to get sick. In a post-industrial era, people are now exposed daily to an array of synthetic chemicals in the air, the water, and also in our food. Chemical pollutants, natural disasters, and non-chemical environmental stress all raise someone's risk profile for depression. Childhood trauma, long-term stress, relationship strife, and significant loss can all trigger depression symptoms. The DSM currently recognizes the influence of environmental pollutants on on depression rates. It is common knowledge that pollutants can cause congenital disabilities and physical health problems like asthma and cancer. And medical scientists are starting to look at how chemical pollutants can harm people's mental health. But to, to, to just in recent times to be saying, hey, you know, let's look at how environmental factors can, can contribute to someone's mental health. I, I think that at looking at that, that point, they're kind of way behind. The horse is already out the gate. Now, interestingly enough, there have been some smaller research studies that have found a link between electri- electrical pollution and chronic mood disorders. Things specifically, depression. In the modern world, people are surrounded by low-intensity electromagnetic fields and thanks this is thanks to electrical appliances and other equipment that is part of and parcel to living in contemporary society researchers have uncovered that specific radio wavelengths can increase depression and anger in some individuals so i'm not saying that this is what we must look at but when you look at things like the evolution of Wi-Fi to now where we are at the point where we are looking at 5G. Last year, I, I presented some information relating to 5G and the introduction of it and, and the possible health effects. And... You can you can go ahead and, and check back in the video archives on YouTube for that. The night shift of DJ Kevin Street. You can you can look it up. It was it was really interesting to see that 
there have been studies looking at how electro electromagnetic fields affect the human body. But even before getting to the human body, they, they did studies looking at the effect of the electromagnetic fields on life. So whether it be animal life, plant life, human life. Well, human life falls under the umbrella of animal life. Don't get it twisted. It's animals which break out into the subcategories which include humans. Not humans breaking out into animals. So, uh, let's go back to biology class, biology class and get things right. Natural disasters, along with human-made catastrophes like terrorist attacks and wars, can also impact people who already are sensitive to becoming depressed. However, people who are not naturally vulnerable to depression can develop symptoms after a traumatic event. Significant loss can lead to grief, but in some cases, grief can become more pronounced and prolonged, leading to depression. The loss of a loved one or home in a natural disaster can make even the most resilient individual depressed. Remember now, resilience is the ability to bounce back. So, of course, <laughs> it could make, because you, you can't be that way all the time. Every day you take the bucket to the well, one day the bottom is going to fall out. So, you know, you, 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 you can go and you can go and you can go, but at some point you're going to have to stop. Then you have trauma, both physical and emotional. And this too can influence depression rates. Both one-off traumatic in events and ongoing trauma can increase someone's risk of becoming depressed. It also doesn't matter if someone experienced the first the, tra the trauma firsthand or it was uh, a witness to, a, to, to some type of trauma. Both instances are known to trigger depression. Even learning about traumatic events in the news can impact someone's risk of getting depressed. Traumatic events that are experienced either firsthand or witnessed can lead to changes in the way a person may process their emotions. Differences in emotional responses that can lead to depression may include feeling numb, feeling guilty, having bad dreams or recurring memories of the events, social withdrawal, extreme sadness and crying, psychosomatic symptoms such as fatigue and back pain, negativity and gloom, disinterest and difficulty concentrating, drug and alcohol abuse, and changes in sleeping and eating patterns. Mostly, these feelings and behavioral changes are a natural response to trauma. But if they last for more than a few weeks and begin, begin to impact a person's ability to function severely, then this could be an indicator of depression, anxiety, or PTSD. So you might want to... to talk to somebody about that you might want to 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 look into that a little bit more now with so many environmental factors 
being out there. Is there any that influence or affect depression more than others? Environmental stress in childhood is one of the most significant risk factors for adolescent and adult, adult onset depression episodes. And studies have uncovered that children with inadequate parental relationships, poor academic functioning, and who experienced mistreatment before age 11 had high, a high risk profile for depression. Childhood mistreatment along with inherent personality traits such as negativity were significant risk factors for recurrent episodes of depression in adolescence and adulthood. Is it why it is important to, to talk to our children? Is it why it is important to pay attention to what is happening and not have televisions raise our children and, and devices? Because we may miss out on something, some traumatic experience that this child may have had. And again, remember, the trauma may not be abuse. The trauma may come along the lines of those that live in South Florida, a hurricane. That can cause a trauma. South Florida, the Caribbean, um, the, the Pacific Islanders, those that live in the Asian Atlantic where you, you have the risk of tsunamis because of, of earthquake activity, underwater earthquake activity. You know, these people in these areas have the potential to be triggered at any time and end up being depressed because here you have that environmental stress factor co coming into play. So are there some regions in that that have a higher risk of the, of depression than others and you know that 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 may be something that you may want to look into on your own which places could possibly have more or higher risks of of depression now, it's, it is difficult, understand this though, it's difficult to determine which areas have, high, have higher rates of depression than others. The fact that some regions do not have adequate access to clinicians for a diagnosis and the fact that some cultures do not talk about mental health issues can lead to problems with reporting accuracy. For example, Asia has the lowest concentration of psychiatrists for its population size, while Europe has the highest have more access to clinici clinicians can having more access to clinicians can make it seem like a population has higher risk of depression than in places where the average person does not have easy access to treatment and as such depression rates are highest in wealthier countries with more robust medical access now this does not necessarily mean that wealth causes depression. It could very well mean that, but doesn't necessarily mean that. On the contrary, the stress that accompanies poverty and financial worry can make depression worse or trigger the disorder. In theory, it stands to reason that war-torn, impoverished nations have, a, have higher rates of depression. But how would you really know when they have less clinicians to diagnose 
it's funny when you look at some people that have grown up poor they don't really know that they were poor some people until they realize that certain things that 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 people would take for granted they never had and so in hindsight it it may trigger something and they end up feeling depressed not that they don't currently have but possibly because they didn't have and it saddened them and this sadness lasted for an extended period of time and then boom depressed so when you are depressed are there certain things you want to stay away from and this now is what takes us to the the the, the point where we tie it all in with the topic for the night looking at food and depression what food is it recommended that we avoid if we have anxiety or depression problems according to webmd now catch this you might want to 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 pay attention to this part and remember the 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 broadcast will be on the night shift with dj kevin stew podcast by morning so tomorrow the podcast will be up the um youtube will be up you can you can check out the broadcast again if you missed some information you can go back and check it out and of course the facebook live will be there you can go ahead and check it out if you wish so some things according to webmd.com that you should stay away from if you suffer from anxiety and depression first on the list and not to say that they they're in any particular order fruit juice yep <laughs> you heard right fruit juice the fiber in whole fruit fills you up and slows down how your blood takes in energy without that fiber you're just drinking nutritious sugar water that can quickly hype you up and bring you down just as fast and that can leave you hungry and angry so you end up being hangry cross hangry miserable and that won't help anxiety and depression so it's recommended that you eat your whole fruit and when you're thirsty drink water so fruit juice is the first on the list now what is interesting is that when we have our children one of the things that we 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 tend to want to make sure that they have available to them is fruit juice You see the problem here? But wait, it goes on. I have a number of these, so you know, you might want to pull up a chair. We touched on this last week when we looked at 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 some of these when we looked at food and how food affect our immune system. The next on the list is regular soda. And there's no win here at all. Soda has 
all the blood spiking sugar or fruit juice with none of the nutrition. Sugar-sweetened drinks like soda have a direct link to depression. If you crave a soda, try seltzer water with a splash of juice instead of getting a soda. It'll give you a bubbly fizz without too much of the stuff that you do not need. That is regular soda. So those diet soda drinkers are saying, See, I told you, you need to drink diet soda. No, because next on the list is diet soda. It has no sugar, so you'd think no problem. Wrong. You may not have the, en- the energy crash that comes with having too much sugar, but diet soda may, have you, may make you depressed. In fact, it could make you feel more down than regular soda would. And too much of the, the, the caffeine that many sodas have can be bad for anxiety also. And once again, if it is not sweetened with sugar, it is sweetened with something else. What is that something else? What is the nutritional content of that something else? Marva said last week, you know, was it last week? Was it you that said it, Marva? I think um, the question was asking yourself, is what I'm going to eat good for me? Will it hurt me or harm me? And in this case, is what what you're going to drink, will it hurt or will it harm? So diet soda is out. Regular soda is out. Fruit juice is out. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, so people are wondering, what am I going to drink? Drink some water. And I, we'll, we still have a few more to go in this list. So uh, hold on to your seats. This one kind of threw me for a loop. Toast. Yeah, you heard me toast not not let's make a toast as in toast bread if the toast is made from white bread then what you're looking at is the highly processed white flour it's made from then quickly turns to blood sugar after you eat it so here you go that sugar intake again that can cause the energy spike and the crash and that can be bad for anxiety and depression So, if you're going to do toast, the recommendation then would be whole grain bread versus white bread. The next is also pretty interesting. Dressing. As in, but specifically, light dressing you might know to avoid some prepackaged dressings and marinades loaded with sugar often listed as high fructose corn syrup but then you also have the light or the sugar-free dressings many get their sweetness from aspartame and artificial sweeteners linked to anxiety and depression check the ingredients or Go ahead and make your own dressing from scratch. 
that way you know exactly what is in it. Now, remember this aspartame that is, 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 is mentioned, or take note that the aspartame that is mentioned in this light dressing is the same type of sweetener that would be used in diet sodas. So you see the connection here? We go on. And this one might actually make some people depressed. Ketchup. And you would think, ketchup? But that's mostly tomato. Well, and sugar. Lots of sugar. Four grams per tablespoon of sugar. And the quote-unquote light stuff may have artificial sweeteners. Again, that can be linked to anxiety and depression. So, go a little homemade tomato salsa and add a little cayenne pepper if you want, like a little bit of kick to it. And you're off to the races. This week, some salsa was made in my house. I'm yet to taste it. I haven't tried it yet, but the last time some salsa was made in my house, it was good. So, I can't tell the last time I had ketchup, though. <laughs> but that one is next on the list. Another one that may actually depress some people is coffee. If you're not used to it, the caffeine in it may, may make you a little bit jittery and make, make you a little bit nervous. It could also mess with your sleep. Now, neither helps anxiety or depression. Caffeine withdrawal can make you feel bad. And so, if you think it causes your problems, you want to cut out caffeine. But you want to do it gradually. If you're okay with it, go for decaf. Because, funny enough, coffee can actually help to make you feel a little less depressed. So coffee is, is, is one of those that it's good for you being bad for you and it's bad for you being good for you. Yeah, it, it's kind of weird. But that's, that's one of them too. Another one that will mess you up, has a potential to mess you up, is one that you would think, you know, this gets me up, so why should it mess me up? Energy drinks. Now, energy drinks can cause uh, weird heart, heart rhythms. It can cause anxiety. It can cause sleep issues. All of these things can lead you down the depression road. So, And that's because it's not always easy to know the, the sky-high caffeine levels hidden ingredients in, in ingredients like guarana. These beverages often have loads of sugar and artificial sweeteners. Again, if you're thirsty, drink some water. If you want a little bit of energy boost, eat a fruit. Again, eating the fruit, yeah, you might say, but if I eat the fruit and I drink the fruit juice, it's the same thing. Not quite. Again, the fiber in the fruit is what makes contributes to the difference. Yeah, weird, I know. But talk to the doctors, talk to the DRs. I'm just a DJ bringing you some information. Alcohol is the next one on the list. And funny enough, even a little bit of alcohol can mess with your sleep. 
not enough rest can raise anxiety and cause depression. So too many Z's, well, you can actually end up with the same problem. So a drink can calm your nerves and make you more sociable. And that can be good for your mental health. What then do you do? Well, optimal thing to pay attention to is dosage. One drink a day for women, two drinks for men. That's the limit. But here's my question when it comes to that. Does it matter the kind of alcohol? Because if you're going with overproof overproof rum, would that be one drink of overproof rum for women and two for men? Because typically, if I have my, my, my alcoholic beverage of choice often includes some white rum. And that would be one drink for me to last me throughout the whole night. One drink can do that for me. And I'll be good. Call me a lightweight. I'm fine with it. But typically, I'm the one driving. So I'm okay with that too. (laughs) And a lot of times, I have no drink. Well, no alcohol, that is. So, you know. Um... I know this one will depress quite a few people. Frosting. <laughs> so we know that we talk about this. We've been talking about this all night. We've talked about it on several other occasions before. Sugar. And sugar is big in frostings. But that's not all. It is also loaded with around two grams of trans fat per serving. They are linked to depression. And sometimes called partially hydrogenated oils. Found in, also found in fried foods, pizza dough, cakes, cookies, and crackers. So you might want to check your labels. If you do eat fat, make it the good kind that you get from foods like fish, olive oils, nuts, and avocado. Funny thing about those fats and from those foods... They can help to lift your moods. So, take that into consideration. Um, <laughs> another one is that it's going to mess you up. Because I saw this one on the list and I'm like, oh boy. Huh. Soy sauce. This one is only for people who are sensitive to gluten though. In addition to breads, noodles, and pastries, it is also prepackaged foods like soy sauce. If you're sensitive to gluten, it can cause anxiety or depression. It can also make you feel sluggish and not at your best. So, check your labels. Try to stay clear. Yeah, I know some people are going, what, you want to mess with my Chinese food? Well, sorry. If you eat a lot of processed meat, fried food, refined cereals, candy, pastry, high-fat dairy products, chances are 
you're more likely to be anxious and depressed. A diet full of whole fiber-rich grains, fruits, vegetables, and fish can help you feel more even keel. So processed foods is also on the list. Those that love that little treat from that place with the double D, yeah, they're gonna. I'm going to upset them now because most of us typically love them. And the little treats that, that they are that, you know, tend to make you feel good. But understand this. Donuts have all the wrong kinds of fats. Yes, you heard me right. Donuts. Snow white flour with little fiber to slow absorption and lots of added sugar. That's typically your donut. So if you must, make sure you have your donut as a treat, not as a routine. And that pretty much covers the whole list as according to WebMD of, of foods to stay away from to avoid depression. Now, you, you might be thinking, wait a minute. So if I need to stay away from those what am I going to have? And if we have time, I'm I'm gonna look at at, at some of what I, what is considered the best comfort foods in America. I I found a list of them, and given the information that we've just looked at, to visit a list of comfort foods. Now we're gonna have to ask the question. Why? <laughs> uh, but it will also answer quite a number of other questions. So, according to psychology today, good nutrition is associated with improved mood. And the relationship between diet and risk of developing depressed, developing depressed moods is, is, is probably multifactorial. Research supports that Deficiencies of select nutrients are associated with an increased risk of depressed mood, including certain B vitamins, omega-3 fatty acids, vitamin D, zinc, and magnesium. All right. If you remember last week when we talked about foods and our immune system, you very well may remember these very things being important for the aid of our immune system. Removing these things from our diet can help to break down the, the, the strength our, of our immune system. Vitamin Bs, omega-3 fatty acids, vitamin D, zinc, and magnesium. In the fight against COVID-19, what do you hear coming up 
uh, by the ones that are not pushing first the vaccine, you will hear your B vitamins, your omega-3 fatty acids. You will hear vitamin D. You will hear zinc. You will hear magnesium. You will hear vitamin C. Alright, I, I I don't think I need to harp on this much more. Seven seven three seven eight nine Stu gets you in touch. Seven seven three seven eight nine seven eight three nine. I I wanna take a moment to say thank you to Althea and her healing heavenly hands for sponsoring this, this previous segment. Althea SU is a licensed massage therapist with a little over twenty years of experience. She comes to you COVID-free with her table, her oils, and of course her healing heavenly hands. She operates out of Broad County, North Miami-Dade, and South Palm Beach counties. Just give her a call. She'll come to you. Uh, give her a call on 954-655-9000. That's 954-655-9000. Or you can email her at theolata.att.net. She is also certified as a mass as not a massage therapist. She's certified as a personal trainer. So you can benefit from her abilities to put your muscles in pain and massaging those very same muscles at the same time. One stop shop. Nine five four six five five nine thousand nine five four. Six five five nine zero 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 or Thea later at att.net. Thank you, Althea. And in this current segment, I want to say thank you to Reggae Global Entertainment. Reggae Global will act as your booking agents, your, handle your tour management, take care of your publishing, trademarks, business registration, legal service referrals, music production, marketing and promotion, and more. Give them a call, 954-998-8034 or check them out at reggaeglobalentertainment.com. Thank you guys very, very much. So, picking up where we left off. Foods that are recommended in the fight against depression and anxiety. And I mentioned they included certain B vitamins, omega-3s, fatty acids, vitamin D, zinc, and magnesium. Can I say that enough? No, I cannot. Foods rich in B vitamins, especially folate, um, pyroxidine B6, and methyl methylcobalamin, cobalamin, um, which is your B12, may be especially effective against depressed moods. Foods rich in B vitamins include whole grains and dark leafy vegetables. The B vitamins are enzyme cofactors that facilitate the synthesis of neurotransmitters implicated in mood regulation, such as serotonin, dopamine, and neopinephrine. Some nutrients, such as zinc, magnesium, and omega-3 fatty acids, may promote increased may promote increased um, synthesis of brain-derived neurotropic, fa- neurotropic factor, BDNF, which enhances neuroplasticity, resulting in greater resilience of the brain in the face of stress, which then may lead to reduced risk of depressed moods. 
Omega-3s and some B vitamins are known to have important anti-inflammatory and neuroprotective roles, which may contribute to their antidepressant benefits. You see how important these are, right? So I wonder if you all start asking some of the questions that I ask to myself when I go through this bit of information. Now, more broadly, there is emerging evidence that the microbiome, which consists of microorganisms that propagate that, that populate the large and small intestines, may contribute to general physical and mental health through a variety of mechanisms, such some of which may impact neurotransmitters and inflammatory molecules Im- implicated in mood regulation. Epidemiological studies show that individuals who consume foods, whole foods, as opposed to processed foods and fast food diets, have reduced risk of developing the depressed mood. For example, individuals who closely adhere to a Mediterranean diet, as well as traditional diets in Norway, Japan, and China, which are rich in vegetables and fish, have a 30% lower risk of developing depressed mood than those with lowest risk of adherence to a Mediterranean diet. So, let me then ask this question for a moment. What are the COVID numbers like in places like Norway, Japan, and China? Where, and again, China, we all know is where it is said that COVID-19 originated, right? What are their numbers like? Now, anybody that look at the statistics will know that the United States tops the list when it comes to COVID-19 cases. What does the U.S. do differently from everyone else, and specifically the people in Norway, Japan, and China? Diet is different. You notice that? So, I'm not saying that is the diet that we have in the U.S. that is causing COVID-19 numbers to spike. I'm just saying the lack of a better diet contributes to COVID-19 spike. Could I be wrong? I could be. But do you want to feel better saying that I'm wrong or changing your lifestyle and, and, and eating better and sleeping better and exercising better without having to prove me wrong? Food preferences, including fatty acid consumption, may be directly related to different rates of depressed moods. And when, when, when industrialized countries are compared to more traditional countries, there is an adverse correlation between the risk of depressed mood and fish oil consumption. Countries where fish is an important part of the average diet are characterized by significantly lower rates of depressed mood and suicidality. For example, in Japan, where fish consumption is very high, only 0.12% of the population experienced depressed mood in a given year. In contrast, New Zealanders, who consume relatively little fish, reports a 6% annual rate of depression. So, 
do we need to even explain that anymore? There was a 2018 systemic review that identified 12 essential nutrients that met criteria for antidepressant efficacy. Folate, iron, sorry, folate, iron, long-chain omega-3 fatty acids, um, magnesium, potassium, selenium, thymine, vitamin A, vitamin B6, vitamin B12, vitamin C, and zinc. Using an FDA database, the authors then identified foods with the highest content of one, at least one of these nutrients. Foods with the highest antidepressant food scores, AFSs, were um, bivalves such as oysters and mussels and other seafood, organ meats, leafy greens, lettuces, peppers, cruciferous vegetables such as broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, kale, and Brussels sprouts. I know Donnie Walker loves his broccoli. It is and it is it is significant that while the Mediterranean diet and other traditional diets emphasize these types of foods, the average American diet is relatively deficient in nutrients dense foods that may have significant antidepressant benefits. So we struggle with depression in the united states not because we're so stressed out well not only because we have stressful lives where we we have to work harder and we have to and we have less sleep and 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 vitamin and and covid19 is running rampant in the country no 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 because we our diets are so poor that we run the risk of being depressed just because we're not eating right. Findings of a 12-week single-blind single blind controlled trial of 67 individuals with depressed mood symptoms ranging from mild to severe were randomized to a diet support group versus a social support group. Individuals in the diet support group received seven individual one-hour sessions and were encouraged to follow diets in rich in whole grains, vegetables, fruits, legumes, and low-fat dietary food. They ate more raw, unsalted nuts, fish, lean red meats, eggs, and olive oil while reducing the intake of sweets, refined cereals, f- fried foods, processed foods, and sugary drinks. Individuals in a control group received the same number of sessions during which they discussed nutritional, uh, neutral topics of interest, but they didn't receive psychotherapy. They didn't receive psychotherapy, lifestyle advice, and other interventions. Individuals in the diet support group demonstrated significantly greater involvement in depressed mood scores based on standardized outcome measures compared to those in the social support group. Large prospective studies are needed to confirm these findings and determine which dietary choices have optimal antidepressant effects. Okay, so what does this mean? Individuals struggling with depressed moods should be encouraged to optimize their diet to ensure adequate consumption of whole foods rich in nutrients that enhance brain function and have antidepressant effects. And recent studies show 
that foods with the highest antidepressant benefits include oysters, mussels, other seafoods, lean organ meats, leafy greens, lettuce, peppers, cruciferous vegetables such as broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, kale, and Brussels sprouts. Individuals who prefer not to modify their diets with whole foods should be encouraged to take vitamins minerals and other supplements and these are known to have antidepressant effects such as omega-3s b vitamins vitamin d and magnesium again these very same things the omega-3s b vitamins vitamin d magnesium zinc vitamin c these are all beneficial in the fight against covid19 so if you're not being advised constantly to have these things in your diet would it be safe to say that you're being set up to get sick? Or am I just grasping at straws? 773-789-STU. 773-789-7839. I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you think. You think I'm just shooting off. So, what are some of these comfort foods that 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 i was referring to earlier then let me give you those and then i'll be saying sayonara to those on 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 facebook live and jumping off and giving full attention to the other media houses that are carrying me the affiliates um island worldwide nie radio clinton lindsay foundation radio network uh, wglro one Harmony Radio, and we're just going to go through with musical therapy to close out the remainder of the evening. So, But let me give you this. Some of the best comfort foods in America, and possibly some, some of the best places to have them. Now, you heard where I went through that whole list of things that are beneficial, right? Let's check out some of these comfort foods. Chicken and waffles. And we're talking about fried chicken, right? Chicken and waffles. Then you have spaghetti and meatballs. Then you have chicken fried steak. You have mac and cheese. You have something that I've, I've never heard of. Hot dish. And... Just to give you an idea what hot dish is, for those of you who don't know, like myself, it's, it's similar to a casserole and typically includes some type of starch, vegetable, and protein in a creamy sauce, which itself might be canned cream soup. Um, so that's your hot dish. Does that sound very nutritional? Then you have... Chicago's deep dish pizza because you know <laughs> there is no deep dish pizza like a Chicago deep dish pizza so deep dish deep dish pizza is is on the list and we're looking at what is considered to be best comfort foods in America then you have grilled cheese and tomato soup not grilled cheese being the bread with not not whole whole wheat or whole grain grilled cheese grilled cheese all right i I'll, I'll continue 
Then you have matzo ball soup. For those um yeah, I'll I won't even get too too much into that. Matzo ball soup. Then you have coney dogs. Now coney dogs is um Apparently, Detroiters credit the, the, the Greek-American immigrants with this hometown specialty. And so, it is a, a, a beef hot dog served on a bun with chili sauce, yellow mustard, and diced onion. So, that's your coney dog. All right. Moving on down the list, you have chips and queso. You have toasted ravioli. There is san sancocho, which um, reading what they say about sancocho, it's a heart health. It's a hearty delicacy that spans several Caribbean and Latin American culinary traditions. It's a beef stew made with yucca and other root vegetables. Sometimes corn is is added. And it gets simmered until the broth is brown and the vegetables beautifully tender. Um, That kind of just sounds like soup to me. But it's called sancocho. Um, Next on the list is chili. Then you have fish and tacos. Brunswick stew is up on the list. Next on the list. And let me see what they say is in the Brunswick stew. Um, it usually follows a general rubric of tomato-infused broth, pulled or stewed protein, such as chicken, and vegetables like green beans, corn, and okra. Cooks might add a little bit of butter or lima beans and sliced kielbasa or pulled pork for smoky flavor. That's your Brunswick stew. Again, we're looking at comfort foods, right? Imagine a comfort food by the name of a garbage plate. Yeah, garbage plate. So, it typically involves a choice of protein, being cheeseburger, hamburger, Italian sausages, steak, chicken, or hot links. Then you have a starch, whether it is home fries, pasta, or french fries. And beneath, that's all under uh, a meat gravy. So, that is your garbage plate. Why? I, I won't even get into it. Then you have a breakfast burrito. You have pepperoni rolls. You have a loco moco. And loco moco is... Um, it's an... Egg topped burger, rice and gravy plate. 
your local moco. So you have the burger, rice, and gravy with an egg on a fried egg on top. And the egg, uh, maybe a sunny side up cake, um, sunny side up egg. <laughs> and then to close out the list, you have chicken pot pie. Now, when you take into consideration the list that I went through of things considered to be good for you and that help in the fight against depression and you look at what is considered to be some of America's best comfort foods, you see where there's a bit of a disparity. Okay, so maybe not a bit. Huge. What do you think is going to happen in our community when these are the things that are considered to be comfort foods? Some of the other more popular comfort foods include ice cream. And you have your cakes, your pastries, right? How many of those things are rich in vitamin D, vitamin C, magnesium, zinc, omega-3 fatty acids, vitamin Bs, or your B vitamins? How many of them? So you see where there's a problem here. And all of these things contribute to, to, to depression. So let's think about this rationally for a moment. Just for a moment. If the food that we're consuming on a regular basis are the foods that typically can, can, can contribute to depression, if something like, say, quarantining as a result of this a new virus coming into play happens and the majority of people our diet is rich in foods that do not contribute to our our healthy life a healthy lifestyle or a healthy diet that can combat things like depression what do you think is going to happen? And I just find it really interesting that the very same things that are said to combat depression are the very same things that are recommended to, to keep your immunity levels high. The very same omega-3 fatty acids, the very same B vitamins, the very same D vitamin Ds, the very same magnesium, zilk, zinc, I'm 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 at a loss. Am I the only one connecting these dots? Does anybody else pay attention to these things? And if not, cool, that's fine. But if you don't want to focus on those things and you want to say, boy, the CDC, you know, really, I, I follow what the CDC says and, and that's my guideline. Then maybe you should be asking the CDC what their take is on food that, foods that are rich in preventing things like anxiety and depression. 
And when you ask about that, ask them if they can tell you what foods are rich in contributing to, to, to healthy immune systems. And see if you get a list of two different foods. Or you get two completely different lists. Or if you find that the two lists are very similar. And then you can possibly ask, so are these the things that you are recommended that you are recommending for daily intake? Or the things that are being recommended include fruit juice. Include things like white bread. Include things like flour. Include things like, I don't know, less exercise. Because, well, exercise is not food, but, you know, recommended, the recommendations, you're asking about recommendations for, for optimal health. And to avoid depression. Because, let's face it, a lot of people were depressed as a result of quarantining. And many still are depressed. And a lot of our children have ended up being depressed because of quarantining. Because we're social beings. And especially our children, that is what they know. They know that they're going to school. Although they hate going to school, they know that they're going to school and they're going to socialize. And this is the best part of their day. So we take that away. And we replace it with nothing. What do you think is going to happen to some of our children? I was talking to a friend of mine this, this um, when was it, Saturday night. Saturday night I was talking with her. And she said, you know, Kevin, my daughter's friend committed suicide. He was 12 years old. And for months... He researched how he can effectively commit suicide. Why? Because he was depressed. How do they know this? They read his journal after the fact. 12 years old. So, you would stop, well, me, I stopped to think, all right, if this child had such a, 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 a stable home, what could possibly lead him to being depressed and to the point of depression where he'd want to take his own life? And that could only, for me, that just boiled down to lifestyle. And that lifestyle included a sedentary life locked away so he's it's, it's 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 the social aspect of his life is little to none and a poor diet now do i know this as a fact no i don't but look at the the information that we looked at tonight just looking at that alone and you can't help but think Wait, could we be missing something here as it relates to diet and depression?
could we be missing something as it relates to how we are eating and what we are eating and how much we are being depressed? Possibly. I say completely. But then again, what do I know? We're going to take a quick little break and then we're going to come back and go into musical therapy. Thank you guys on Facebook. Um, thanks to all the affiliates. One Harmony Radio, NIE Radio, Island Worldwide, WGLRO, Aliwap Radio, Dusik Media Group, One Harmony in the UK. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued support. I'm sure I didn't leave anybody out. I just did that out off the top of my head. Um, Foundation Radio Network, I said that, right? ClintonLindsay.com. Okay. I think I, I covered everybody. All right, so quick break. We'll be right back. Greetings and salutations, one and all. You're invited to tune in to the Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew. It airs on Mondays with Community and Finance, Tuesdays with Healthy Love, and Wednesdays with Real Talk from 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern Time. Come spend some time interacting in the stew pot where we keep things bubbling and wind down in musical therapy. The Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew is on kevinstew.com where you're encouraged to have acceptance through enlightenment. <laughs> 